One small positive thought in the morning can change your whole day. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Under the Cull of MS. I myself wake up and see my three squirrels running around the neighborhood chasing each other. Aptly named Tippy Toe, Monkey Joe, and X2. Every day I see them, that puts a smile on my face and gets my day started. Today for comics, first one I'm going to talk about is Blood Feud from Oni Press. It's kind of like a hillbilly hick town type story where there's some... interesting looking characters wandering around the town that have a feud with some other characters in the town which basically is as normal most feuds go back so far that they don't even probably remember what they're arguing over but uh this had promise of some vampiric stuff in it but uh Here's the basis that they go off. The Stubbs and Watley clans have been at each other's throats for as long as anyone can remember. The Stubbs are rowdy, troublemaking bunch. But the Watleys folks speak of the Watleys in hushed whispers. When the Watleys bargain with dark forces to rid them of the Stubbs clan, Four unlikely heroes are all that's left between a ravenous legion of ghoulish vampire creatures and the unsuspecting world beyond the boundaries of this sleepy Ozarks community. This is issue number one, so it doesn't get deep too deep into it. Like I said, it's speaks of some vampiric intents and stuff but you don't really get to see anything vampiric in the first issue other than some characters that look like they could be vampires and it starts out with thousands of tarantulas just roaming across the streets and down the roads and apparently this is a town where during the breeding process the tarantulas just come out like crazy and just You'll see them all over. Uh, other creatures that are found that have issues of kind of zombie-ish uh, deformities, like frogs that are growing things out of them and stuff, and still alive even after dead, and stuff like that. But... uh basically focuses on what's going on in the community at the present time with critters and all that and some of the people showing strange issues and they find a character out in the woods a friend of theirs that's all beaten wiped out and torn up and they work with him and stuff and they check into the Watleys and Go into some interesting areas in the woods to search for things. 
And then the end, you see all the Watley's children, or actually the Stubbs children, come out of their house. And you see what kind of characters they are. It's got potential. I mean, I will, if I find them cheap, I'll buy more of the issues just to see where the storyline's going. But it does have that inbreeder style storyline, which kind of, I don't know, I'm not really into those stories. Like the X File episodes and stuff with the deformities from the inbreeding and stuff like that. The weird creatures, all characters, all living in one household. Just, just, and it's good for the horror season, I guess. But let's get into something a little more fun and exciting. Definitely a worthwhile buy just for just for the scenes in this comic book but this is grizzly shark number one apparently uh, the writers that sat down to do this they originally sat down two guys that developed this book uh One's uh, Jason Howard, who did Astounding Wolfman and Trees. And the other character is Ryan Otley. And they started out with a story, Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark. Or as you have a polar bear that's in the sea and a shark that's a, a great white shark that's in the woods. Talked about doing their own separate issues and then combining them up later on down the road. Uh, You do get that eventually because they, so far there's three issues. That came out for this. Two of them are Grizzly Shark, and then one, the third one apparently is Grizzly Shark and Sea Bear coming together. So, you got to get more of the storylines down the road. This one is just hilarious. And it starts out with a father and a son in the woods. Son's going off in the woods to go to the bathroom. And. Dad throws his shotgun at the son and hits him in the head and cuts his head open. And he's like, what are you, a flipping idiot? You don't go wandering in these woods without a gun. There are sharks in these woods. Is a common thing you always hear. And the kid goes out towards the woods, and, of course, a shark jumps out and bites half his body off. The shark could smell his blood dripping from his forehead. And his father grabs the son and is like, you okay? It's like, after he shoots at the shark and stuff, he grabs him by the arms and sets his upper, upper torso right on top of the bonfire to cauterize the wound. 
Uh, that's the type of hilarity that ensues throughout this book. It's just panel after panel of hilarious stuff is going on. <laughs> and I suppose someone considered hilarious because they're getting eaten and attacked by a shark that keeps popping out of trees. And no, this shark does not have legs. It's just a full-size great white shark that just keeps popping out of bushes and stuff when it smells blood or whatever. Yeah. That one is hilarious, and that's by Image Comics. Like I said, that was issue one. There's a second grizzly shark one, and then the third one where they combine grizzly shark and sea bear. Ink plot's not really horror, but this one does have dragons. This is issue number two. I believe I talked about issue number one on this podcast. And Inkblot is holding true. I'm not into the whole mythical stuff anymore, but this one grabs me and keeps sucking me in. I'm glad that this second one has a different story going on with it. It doesn't have the same character from the first one other than the cat. So it's it goes on talking about more stuff in this book. And the cat just basically goes around saying, meow, meow, meow. And just all he has to talk about, but his eyes do all the talking. And every scene with the cat, just looking at his eyes and stuff, you can see kind of what he's going for. I don't know if I'm was wrong with how I depicted this part of this story, but you have all kinds of different characters, elves and ogres and wizards and all that stuff. Starts out in a fair fair style environment uh, with all the vendors and everything and some wizards appear and kidnap one lady and stuff and then all of a sudden dragon appears and everybody goes to fight the dragon and the dragon's just destroying everybody and Attacking them, and then Inkblot the cat just comes up and meow. Looking at the dragon, meow. Giving him a look. Everybody keeps attacking the dragon and stuff, and the cat just walks up and just starts walking along the dragon's tail, working his way up the dragon, across his wings, down his wings. And there's holes in the dragon's wings, but those are holes from all the years of war and wear and all that type of stuff, because you can see them all the way down the edging of the dragon's wings. Cat works his way around the wings and up on jumps up onto the dragon's head and climbs across his horn and down his face to his nose. Meow. He's a mouse in the nostril and the cat chases the mouse out and gets him, kills him, and the dragon Looks down at it, a cat and the mouse, and then just flies off. 
it's like to me watching the cat's eyes watching the dragon and everything this to me was the thorn in the lion's paw is basically the dragon if you know anything about dragons they can sleep for years or whatever and a lot of times you'll see them sleeping in the in the treasure room and in way I took it, this mouse just worked his way into the dragon's nostril, made himself a home, and this was irritating the dragon and pissed him off, and that's why he attacked the villagers and stuff. And here the cat comes and saves the day and helps out the dragon and the villagers. That's the way I took that story, I could be wrong, but it is standing strong. It's very fun. Uh I hope it keeps going like this, and and you can make the whole story with hardly any words and just watch the cat's eyes. It's like the coloring and the depiction of these eyes are just perfect for this whole storyline. So check that out. And since we're on the topic of eyes, let's take a closer look at optic neuritis. This is some information from a story about visual symptoms. Should be evaluated promptly by Dr. Eugene F. May. I talked about some of these things in here. But optic neuritis occurs when there is inflammation in either both, either in either or both optic nerves. Everyone has two optic nerves, one connected to each eye, each of which transmit visual signals from the eye to the brain. The characteristic symptom of optic neuritis is therefore blurred vision and sometimes even loss of vision in the affected eye or eyes. There is also uh, there is also very commonly pain behind the eye, which increases with eye movement. Some people notice spots in their vision when they have optic neuritis, and there is often impairment of color vision in the effective eye. The inflammation of optic neuritis resolves on its own, usually during the course of several weeks. The pain of optic neuritis always goes away first, as the inflammation in the optic nerve resolves. Vision usually gets better too, but more slowly. But far, by far, most people with optic neuritis wind up with normal or near normal vision after recovery. But not always. Up to 15% of people with optic neuritis are left with moderate to severe vision loss in the affected eyes, eye or eyes. Repetitive episodes of optic neuritis are likely to cause progression, progressive vision loss. Almost all people who have had had optic neuritis experience some damage to the optic nerve, even if vision recovers. Studies have shown that treatment of optic neuritis can be done with steroid medication, which results in more rapid resolution of the symptoms of optic neuritis compared to no treatment. When people with MS develop any visual symptoms, 
they should get promptly evaluated. Optic neuritis is occurring. A decision needs to be made to treat with steroids or monitor. Importantly, other eye conditions need to be excluded so that appropriate treatment can be provided. MS should be treated with a disease-modifying medication. Minimize the number of relapses that occur. With treatment of MS, relapse rate is reduced, so the risk of repeat episodes of optic neuritis and other relapse types is lowered. Thus, the risk of permanent vision loss is also lowered. I know I have had lots of different issues. I got the little, like when you look through a dandelion after it's turned white and it's all fuzzy, that's how it looks through both my eyes. I just have all those little white fuzzy things everywhere. Which is annoying because that never goes away. That's been a permanent thing for many, many years. I got, I get the little spot in my eyes, the black dot. I get mostly, most of my eye issues are left eye related, but I do get it in both my eyes. I get snow blindness more often in the wintertime. Uh, sometimes in the summertime, the sunlight will just hit you at the right point when you're driving or whatever, and you'll get that snow blindness. I'll pull over and wait for it to dissipate and go away. Uh, I got eye tremors, or my eyes will just start shaking and vibrating. Uh, the fogginess in the eyes, the cloudiness, just, yeah, I got lots of different eye issues over the past years. Uh, less common effects of MS on vision. You can, uh, some people with progressive forms of MS have permanent damage to their optic nerves. Even if they never had optic neuritis, that can result in worsening vision over time. This is a rare circumstance that along with Current attacks of optic neuritis can lead to severe permanent vision loss in MS. The brain controls eye movement, so it can be affected by MS if inflammation or chronic damage involves the eye movement pathways in the brainstem or cerebellum at the base of the brain. The most common symptoms that arise from MS eye movement disorders include double vision, and blur or sense of visual movement. The most common eye movement abnormality in MS is known as internuclear ophthalmoplegia, and is because of inflammation attacking a pathway in the brain called the medical longitudinal fasciculus. People with INO sometimes have double vision and commonly have a sense of oscillating movement of what they are looking at when they look up or to the sides because of nystigmus. Often people with INO report dizziness and imbalance. I've had it many times now and it freaks me out. <laughs> it's really weird. 
because I feel exactly all the movements and stuff, but it'll be like the whole planet just jumped up in the air and is bouncing like a basketball and it's turning back and forth side to side. I feel it impair me physically as well as mentally. And it is weird because it, it, it feels so realistic. That's like, but it's just the eyes and what we see is what we feel. And it's just, Weird how that all works. Just it's, our bodies are very strange, but and can do many things that are just amazing. But there are a number of medications that are available to settle down the nystagmus and improve vision. Sometimes prism can be used in spectacles to induce a shift of the eyes into a position where the Nystagmus is least, very rarely, injections behind the eye or into the eye muscles. I don't think so. It's sticking no freaking needle into my eyes unless you got my ass knocked out. But that or surgery on the eye muscles can be considered to slow the eyes down. As a rule, if new visual symptoms arise in a person with MS or if vision worsens, the neurologist and or eye doctors involved need to assess it in order to determine if the symptom is due to MS or some other condition and to decide with the person affected if treatment is needed or would be helpful. I, just, I had excellent vision. For most of my life, and of course in the 40s, you, your eye starts, eyesight starts to go bad anyways for almost everybody. Uh, so when I did get my eye stuff done, and it just, you basically are, everybody around you is like, well, yeah, that's normal. That's, that's just old age. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you see the world bouncing like a basketball. You go eye blind and stuff like that. I don't think so. I can see the whole little, seeing little things in your eyes and stuff like that. But some things are because of neurological conditions and myelin sheath being eaten away off our nerves and all that stuff. Not everything's normal, everyday stuff that people think. They're doing okay that we're okay and everybody's normal and we're just taking advantage of everything. But screw them. I don't care what they think. I know what I feel. I know what I go through. Anybody annoys me with like that, talks to me like that, whatever. You can go elsewhere. Don't need you part of my life. So I'm sick and tired of trying to explain to people what I've gone through and stuff. It's like I got family members. I can't even get to listen to my podcast. It's like if you want to know what I'm going through, why don't you listen to my podcast and learn some things. I got friends that disappeared and left because they didn't understand what was going on but yet won't 
take time to learn what's going on. But anytime they had issues or something wrong, I did what I could to help them, research stuff to help them. Some took advice, some ignored, many ignored my advice and suggestions, but I have no use for that in my life anymore. I'm focusing right now on building my whole new team. Ended up with the glasses. Ended up started being a trifocal. I took that back. And then just sat there. Hello? Hawk? Come on, terrorist telemarketer. Tell me what you got to say. I know you're there. Uh, yeah, I love these telemarketers. They're just calling every brick day. Have no consideration for other people. Just sit there and call and be a bunch of terrorists. Waiting to take your money or whatever. Sat there and had one sit on the line too long. He forgot that he didn't hang up or whatever. And I could hear the whole background and it was a whole room full of people talking in a bunch of different languages. Calling people up and scamming them out of their money. That's all these people do. But, but yeah, they started with trifocals. <laughs> not like that. I could not figure out how to look up, down, in the middle, depending on whether I was driving, reading, watching TV, different distances and stuff, just trying to get used to looking through those parts of the glasses. And then uh sat there and Took those back, got myself a prescription set of glasses for the far distance. And then for the other two distances, I'm just using cheater glasses. Uh, for reading, it's good. For other stuff, it's so-so. Still got that fogginess and stuff, so it's hard to see certain things that I'm trying to focus on. It's hard to get used to wearing the glasses. I know people that were born with glasses, like my wife's had glasses all her life and stuff. They're like, boo-hoo. It's like, <laughs> but it's different when you're, I would assume it's different when you're used to no glasses and all of a sudden you got to get used to, I can't do contact. I, I can't stick things in my eyes because I'm constantly rubbing my eyes. My eyes are constantly watering anytime I yawn or open my mouth or it's like I'll go to a dentist and I have to open my mouth and also my eyes instantly tear up. They're like, you okay? It's like, yeah. <laughs> my eyes water. For some reason, once my jaw gets to a certain point, every time I yawn and stuff like that, I'm constantly wiping my eyes. Which is annoying. And you get little hairs in there and stuff like that. Yeah, once I got the cheater glasses and stuff, that helped out better. I'm still trying trying to force myself to wear the other glasses when I'm driving or doing anything with long-distance visuals and stuff. I just half the time forget them or just, yeah, just hate wearing them. It's hard to, it's just more crap I got to carry around. 
and the assisted devices, the glasses, the medications, everything else. I might as well start carrying a purse pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, there's lots of things that can happen to our vision. And, yeah, it's not always MS-related. Check into it. Work with your doctors, your therapist, your neurologist, your vision, your eye doctor and stuff. And just see if you can figure out what's wrong. Make sure that it's not something other than MS. And if it is MS-related, see what you can do to fix it. Some people steroids help, some people steroids hurt, and it just all depends. Everybody takes this different. That's why it's multiple sclerosis, not sclerosis. Uh, we all deal with it differently. So. Yeah, hopefully that gives you some thoughts and some ideas on any issues you're having. You can talk to your therapists and doctors about that and try and get some things worked up but i hope you have a great day and we'll get back to you again soon enjoy the weather if you're in the northern hemisphere before the snow fully comes but this weekend set your clocks back an hour so take care i'll talk to you later